Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, November 26, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss an incredibly great NBA 12-game slate for this Friday evening. We have nobody on the second night of a back-to-back, with everybody being off uh, for Thanksgiving. We do have several teams on the first night of a back-to-back, but it evens the the ground a bit with everybody. So we are going to go through all 12 games. We're going to look at the game set, the line, talk about some tendencies, look at the statistical analysis again, do a game set, make sure that we have everything covered for you and and get you ready for this slate. I think it's going to be a very uh, competitive and active slate, a lot of great plays, a lot of great fades. So very excited for that. Uh, hope everyone had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving. I know I did spend some time with some family, and uh, there is nothing better than that for sure. Um, also wanted to mention, we have uh, our guys behind the scenes have really been busting their tail. John Wehausen has uh, led the charge here on this uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday specials. It's our best uh, offers of the entire season. Uh, in DFS. So uh, the guys have really been working again behind the scenes, Andrew Hansen, uh, Brett Trimble, the whole team. And uh, we've got those offers now. They are up and they are out there. You'll see them scrolling along the bottom of the screen here when on YouTube. Uh, We have, again, you know, the best deals we've offered. Just go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can see all of the different offers there. Uh, you can sign up through a, a special sign up where you will get that $1 a day or $2 a day. There's all kinds of different things out there. Uh, I think that if you want to come back to Coach Talk, if you want to extend your time with Coach Talk, if you're already a member, or if you want to try us out, come on aboard. A you can absolutely do that. And, uh, you know, we, we want you to check us out during this hot time for NBA and NFL. I know the guys uh, had done a real nice job yesterday with all the NFL work. Andrew Hansen, Crash Davis. Uh, I know that uh, Omaha Joe had a hand in there. Uh, Tyler Pearson, our whole team. I mean, we we really put our heart, heart and soul into this. We love Coach Talk. We love working with you guys and gals out there. So um, we're going to dive into this. I want to get through this 12-game slate in a timely manner so that everybody has a good chance to uh, listen in, build their lineups, you know, get their contests selected. There's going to be an increased amount of play because there's no NFL. A lot of people have today off. A lot of people looking at this huge NBA slate tonight and are going to be diving in. So once you hear this podcast, get those contests uh, locked in, get some lineups in there initially, Good to get decent holder lineups and then follow us throughout the day. Uh, we'll be in Discord talking about player news, anything that goes on, if we have any restrictions, anybody out, uh, etc. So we would love to have you. Appreciate it again and appreciate everybody listening in too. Uh, really means a lot. You know, Thanksgiving brings a lot of things to, to play and one being just thankful for uh, everything. And I'm very thankful for Coach Talk the Coach Talk team, and just all of our members and listeners because uh, we have fun with this every day. 
uh, and we want to see people win and really enjoy it, not have to reload. So that's the coach talk process that we try to put in place with everybody and our members, and uh, we want to keep that going. All right, no further ado, no messing around here. Here we go. We've got 12 games, and we're going to start right out with the first game at uh, 7 p.m. Actually, um, let me adjust this. We're, it's an 11-game main slate. There's one game that is at 3.30, and that's Detroit and the Clippers. I'll talk about that just briefly here for anybody that's going to play that solo slate. But the main slate is 11 games. So that first game, that it's 3.30 Eastern. It's Detroit Pistons and the Clippers. Clippers minus 11.5. It's a 205.5 over under. Uh, we've got 97 uh, for implied for Detroit, extremely low. 108.5 for the Clippers. Detroit comes in at 4-14. Four and 14. The Clippers are 10-8. and eight. Injuries, we've got probable Frank Jackson, doubtful Killian Hayes, and Kelly Olynyk remains out. And then Batum, Leonard, and Preston remain out for the Clippers. Detroit statistically 20th in pace, Clippers second. So it is a big pace up game for Detroit. And, you know, right on that 11 and a half number for favoritism for the blowout or no blowout, that's always a tough call. Uh, two very inefficient offensive teams, though. Detroit 28th, Clippers only 23rd. So even though they're pushing the ball, they're not. Uh, their offense and what they're running is not really getting the ball in the basket. Hard to adjust, I guess, to Kawhi being out as well. Defensively, Detroit's only 23rd. Clippers are second. So that up pace for Detroit is sort of trumped with the uh, tough defense for the Clippers. So I'm glad this game's the solo game because I don't like it. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of different possibilities there if you're going to play that solo slate. Uh, you know, Kate Cunningham is 14-7, Jeremy Grant 14-4, probably the two stronger plays uh, for Detroit. I've been using uh, Corey Joseph. He's been solid, but not completely steady. But at 8-7 on a single game, he is worth uh, playing. Paul George is, is a crazy 19-2. So I'm not sure you want to, you know, bite that off. Um but you have Reggie Jackson at 14-1, a possibility. And then their rotation's a little more uh, confusing now because Marcus Morris is back in. You've got uh, Man, Kennard, Coffee, Hartenstein, those guys off the bench. Hartenstein not really getting in much now that they have guys back. Uh, you've got Isaiah Stewart back now after his extended uh, rest of wanting to uh, kill LeBron, if you will. Um, Sadiq Bey stepped up the last game at 12-3, so you can consider him. But that's the preview for those guys that are going to play that solo game and gals. Um, but I'm probably not. I love this main slate so much. I think I'm just going to load up the wagons for that. So the first game on the main 11-game main slate on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, which we do provide a coach's clipboard for DraftKings, which gives you five highlighted players and then several options to fill out your roster and then we give full cash and gpp lineups both for yahoo and fanduel all right chicago bulls orlando magic 7 p.m eastern eight and a half point favored chicago 212 total 110.25 implied for chicago 101.75 for the orlando magic 
Chicago comes in 12 and 7, Orlando 4 and 15. Injuries, Chicago, Patrick Williams out for the year. Orlando, several. We've got uh, Terrence Ross, Ross questionable. We already know Cole Anthony, their best player so far this year, out again. MCW, Fultz, Isaac Moore all still remain out. So they have really been playing with half a roster, uh, really, since the beginning of the season. And then now with Cole Anthony out, it's really bad. Um, let's take a look at statistically. Chicago, uh, first night of a back-to-back, could have some effect. <clears throat> Certainly if they're beating uh, Orlando decently, they'll rest guys up for tomorrow. Orlando also first night of a back-to-back. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you. <clears throat> Coffee helps. So they're, <clears throat> they're also on the first night of a back-to-back. So uh, pace, Chicago 18, Orlando 13. So nothing wrong with that. Offensive efficiency, Chicago 11. Orlando's been toward the bottom all year with the youngsters at 27. Defensive, uh, Chicago efficiency, they're ninth. So they're playing pretty steady uh, defensively. Orlando 28. So, you know, this game really comes down to a couple of things. One, can Orlando hang in the game? Uh, the last game Orlando played without Anthony, they got absolutely obliterated. And it could happen again. And if it does with both teams on the first night of a back-to-back, this could be a very scary game. So even though there's some very interesting guys in this game, this is not going to be uh, a game I'm going to focus on. Maybe a single one-off somewhere. I mean, you've got, you know, Vuk's back, so there's going to be more spread of usage on that Chicago team. So I don't think I want to spend up for a Zach Levine at 8-7 or a DeRozan at 9. I think, you know, if you want to go on the cheap and, you know, you feel that uh, Caruso's going to get big minutes at 5-2, you can go that route. On the other side of the ball, R.J. Hampton should get an increase. Uh, with Ross probably not playing, Hampton's 4-9. But really, the guy that's going to get most of the usage and the guy that uh, probably deserves to is is 5-2 Suggs. So that's cheap for a guy that's got to score the ball. And then uh, Franz Wagner, who's really slipping off, not going to go there, even in GPPs at 4-3. But then let's talk about the two big guys. Wendell Carter... He was the fire symbol, had it going again, still in the mid-fives. He's 5'6". So he's probably the guy, the, the single guy out of this game that I would consider. I don't think Bomba's out of the question either at 6'4". So, you know, you can go with a solo guy here, but definitely buyer beware in that game because I think there are a lot of things that can go uh, south that could hurt you there. All right, another 7 p.m. Eastern game, the Phoenix Suns and the New York Knicks. Phoenix is favored by three and a half. The total's 216. 109.75 implied for Phoenix. 106.25 for the New York Knickerbockers. Phoenix is 15 and three. They started off one and three. So not great at math, but I believe they've won 14 in a row. Pretty exciting uh, for Suns fans. Knicks 10 and 8. They keep grinding and, and uh, playing hard. Injuries. Nader, questionable. Kaminsky and Sarge remain out. We've got Mitch Robinson, questionable. 
Taj Gibson questionable and uh, Derek Rose questionable. So, you know, we may be down to the shorthanded bigs for the Knicks again. Uh, that's something that we have to look at. So um, let's take a look at a statistical uh, analysis of this game. We've got uh, the Phoenix Suns are sixth in the league in pace and the Knicks seventh. So very interesting that we have two teams, you know, that really push the ball and still a total pretty low at 216. Both of these teams are also on the first night of a back-to-back. You're going to see that as a theme a lot uh, throughout the day in, in these games. So first night of back-to-back, great pace. Both teams very offensively efficient. Phoenix fifth, the Knicks 14th. And But here's the thing. Defensively, they can both uh, defend. Phoenix is third. We know they've been shutting people down on this 14-game winning streak. And the Knicks, who are down in the 20s, unexpectedly are all the way up to 14th. So they're actually in the top half of uh, defense in the league. So that is an improvement. Um, as far as the look of this game, you know, you've got some different spots. I mean, the backcourt of Walker, Fournier, uh, and uh, Rose, if he's in, um, what did we say with Rose? Let me, he's, yeah, he's actually... Uh, Looks like he is questionable, yeah. So we still need to wait on that. So anyway, any of those guys defensively are not getting it done. So you have an option here to go with not both, but one or the other of a fairly priced, you know, it's an upper mid price uh, to lower high price. Chris Paul at 8-3, Devin Booker at 8-5. I think either one of those guys could be a very solid play here. They've had the game, you know, the night off yesterday. Uh, even though they do play tomorrow, I think they're both good. If the Knicks keep it or this, the uh, Knicks keep it close, which three and a half is close, um, then I think either one of those guys are a terrific play. Uh, if you want to go on the cheap a little bit more, you got Mikael Bridges at 5K, who's up and down. Um, DeAndre Ayton at 7 4, possibly. I mean, just I don't like really uh, his inconsistency. Then on the Knicks side, you know, you've got uh, Julius Randle at 10-1. Don't think he's going to be a target for me here. I mean, you've got not a lot of continuity right now with the Knicks, but Randle is carrying a lot of that load because they've been uh, shorthanded with uh, their three centers. Two of the three of them pretty much have been injured most of the season. So, you know, this game I think we'll probably have Mitch Robb and uh, Nerdland's Noel to share it. So that will take enough rebounds, I think, away from Randall for the 10-1 price not being very conducive. If we get news that Robinson's playing with no limits, you know, it's risky, but at 4K, it could be the, the cheap value center that can get you 20 to 25 fantasy points. But I'm not not planning on going there on, on an 11-game main slate. I really don't think it's necessary. So uh, not crazy about this game, but I think one major play from the Phoenix side and then possibly a value play from the Knicks side. All right, next game, 7 p.m. Eastern again. Minnesota Timberwolves, Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte favored by two and a half. Now we're talking here, 224 total. That is about as good as it's gotten in the NBA lately. Minnesota, even though it's the low side of this implied totals, with an impressive 110.75, Charlotte 113.25. Uh, 
So to have two teams, we've talked about it on these podcasts, to have two teams with an implied total over 110, that gets my attention because you're talking about extra possessions, extra points DFS-wise. I think this could be a key game uh, for sure on the slate. There's no question. Minnesota comes in at 9-9. Nine and nine. Charlotte comes in at 12-8. and eight. From an injury standpoint, pretty solid. Both sides played healthy this year. Akogi's questionable for Minnesota. Beverly is out, so that's one thing to note. No Patrick Beverly. And then Charlotte, Mason, Plumley questionable. So that really opens up a whole bunch of, of ideas here. Let's look at uh, their statistical breakdown. Minnesota's 11th in pace, Charlotte 4th. Love that. Offensive efficiency, 20th and 12th. And you do have both teams on the first night of a back-to-back in this one as well. So, you know, playing on even terms that way. Defensively, Minnesota somehow 6th. And they're not winning, though. They're not winning games like they should be with that stout of a defense. Uh, but the Knicks, or I'm sorry, the Hornets are 24th. So we we do have tons of potential here. I I think without Patrick Beverly, it even brings up D'Angelo Russell at 7-4 and Anthony Edwards at 7-5. Uh, it makes them more playable. And their prices are are very fair. I've, you know, we've paid 8-1, 8-2 for uh, Ant, and he's down to 7-5. So those two definitely in play um, with, with Beverly being out. Now Malik Beasley gets in the mix at 3-9, just GPP-wise. Same thing with Vanderbilt at 4-7. And then you have a, a really fair price Carl Anthony Towns here. He's he's 9-5, so he's sub-10. Uh, fits perfectly in this game, especially if Mason Plumley's out. I mean, they really don't have uh, any bigs to contain him. And uh, I think you got to consider Cat as one of your possible key payup guys uh, on that side of the ball. Not against going with two payup guys. Well, one mid-level with an Ant or a Russell along with Cat. I don't think that's an overdue if this is your key game. As far as on the other side, you've got um, LaMelo Ball all the way up to 10-3. I mean, he smashes his number all the time. And, uh, you know, there's no Patrick Beverly to guard him. So it, it's tempting. I'm going to think about it. 10-3 um, is a hard, you know, hard thing to bite off. But I think it's you have great potential. Terry Rozier finally busted out. I knew that was coming. You know, he had started off slow, had a fantastic game the last time. No reason why he can't follow that back up at a bargain price of 6K. So, he may be the guy to say 4.3 K from ball. Yes. Ball has, you know, much higher number that we're looking at DFS points wise, but not enough to overcome 4.3 difference in salary. So I like Rozier today. I really do. Gordon Hayward at six, seven, you know, a little tricky. He's been inconsistent. Miles Bridges, you know, might maybe the best play on the slate, to be honest with you. He's seven, eight Plumley, We don't know if he's going to play. So they'll go small, it brings Ubre in a play at 4-2 without question. He can be played. But I think Miles Bridges really gets the nod for me as my favorite guy on the Hornets side because at 7-8, you get that mid-price. He's doing everything, blocking shots. He's going to get more rebounds, even if Plumlee's just limited and still plays. So, yeah, key game here. I think you got to circle this one. I mean, it could be as much as 
Ant, Towns, Rozier, and Bridges. I could go 2v2 here and make this the key game by a mile. I do think it, it's going to be the highest scoring. And I think, you know, if, if it falls right, stays close like it's supposed to, this is the game I think you want to follow. Now, let's see how the rest of it falls out. But I would be shocked if I didn't have three guys that came out of this game. I just think it's too good to pass up. All right, next game, we move to 8 o'clock, an hour later. Toronto Raptors, Indiana Pacers, Indiana by three and a half. Only a 210 uh, total, 103.25 for Toronto, 106.75 uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Toronto comes in at 9 and 10, Pacers at 8 and 12. So two teams trying to get, you know, claw their way to 500 and get it done. Injury-wise, we have uh, questionable OG Ananobi. We know Kim Birch is out, so that hurts that rotation of their bigs. TJ Warren remains out for the Pacers. So the Pacers have been pretty healthy other than when they were missing Brogdon for a while. They've gotten a lot of guys back now, and that puts them more you know, in, in the run here to, to get back to 500. I think they'll get a, some wins going. Um, statistically speaking, Toronto Raptors. 28th in pace, Indiana 23rd, hence the 210 total. Uh, not a game to target. Um, offensive efficiency, though, not bad. Toronto, as slow as they play, they get it done. They're ninth, Indiana 16th, middle of the pack, but improving. Defensive efficiency, you have Toronto at 21, Indiana at 13. So there's some plays here. Let's face it. Uh, you know, you can look at not crazy about Van Vliet at his 8-1 number with Brogdon defense. Gary Trent's had some huge games at 5-9. Scotty Barnes with Ananobi, uh, uh, you know, being injured on and off, had stepped up, but Ananobi's back. Uh, Barnes, <coughs> excuse me, Barnes is at 6-7. <coughs> and Ananobi is at 7-4. I think I'm allergic to the Toronto Raptors, so I'm not taking any Raptors today. 6-7 and 7-4, but both can be considered. I don't like the way Pascal Siakam has been playing, <clears throat> and if he's going to get more time at center, though, it's tempting because he's 8-3, which isn't a great price. He hasn't been consistent, but if they're going to start him at center with no Birch and just uh, Precious Achua coming off the bench at the big, then, you know, you got to look at it as a possibility here. So I don't think any of those guys are out of play. People play Raptors all the time, but I'm not racing to any of them on this big of a slate. I think I'd go mid-level with maybe an Ananobi at 7-4 as probably my favorite pick on that side. But, you know, I'm not going to be racing uh, to this game. Pacers, same thing. I mean, Brogdon at 7-5 is extremely... Uh, tempting because if this game does stay close, I mean he's he fills up the stat sheet all the way across the board, uh, and really Van Vliet, Trent defense not uh, doing as well as as people thought they would. So Brogdon in plays at that mid level seven five. Uh, you've got Lavert all the way down to five six. Remember last year or whenever two year whenever he was back two years ago maybe he was in the nines a lot because he was just dominating. Uh, for Brooklyn when they had everybody else out. But he's all the way down to 5'6 because he's been un very unsteady. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend him other than a GPP, to be honest, with the bench that they're use utilizing. 
Justin Holiday has been getting a lot more minutes. He's been starting. He's only 3-8, so that's a, one of your value spots. We know a bunch of values are going to open up as the day goes on, but that is one of them. Uh, uh, Sabonis has gone down to a fair price at 8-8. Not a big fan in this matchup with this pace with Ananobi defense, but uh, you know his price is down there. Turner is 6K, so some potential there. Really, the bench, just too deep, too many guys. McConnell, Duarte, Martin, Craig, Batazzi's been getting minutes. Jeremy Lamb gets minutes. So, uh, yeah, not a game I'm going to be uh, running to, but there are a couple mid-level and value guys here that we can at least consider. All right. Wizards and Thunder, also an 8 o'clock start. Washington. Minus seven and a half, 206 and a half over under, which is low. 107 for Washington, only 99.5 for the Thunder. So another game that you have to be a little you know, wary of. If, if you pick the right guy, you're okay. Wizards are 11 and seven, Thunder six and 12. Bryant and Hashimura are out for Washington. Shea remains out for Oklahoma City. Again, I don't know if they're shutting him down in sections or what but they did the same thing with him a lot last year i i know he's probably injured as well but i don't really think they care about winning games as this whole rebuild begins but it does you know shuffle the deck for the thunder a ton uh, as far as back-to-backs here we have washington on the first night but no oklahoma city so they're but they're so young i don't think it matters most of the time anyway um we've got uh washington 27th in pace, Oklahoma City 16th. So, you know, again, that that play down pace for Oklahoma City definitely hurts them. 19th in efficiency, 29th in offensive efficiency for the Thunder. Um, 10th in defense for Washington. That's where they've really turned it around. And the Thunder have been respectable with uh, Dort. They're 16th. So, again, a lot of things there when you unpack them don't look very good for this game being a target at all. But you do have some decent prices. I mean, you can look at Dinwiddie at 7. I think Kuzma's fairly priced at 6.5. Beal's a little up there at 9.1, and he's going to get Lou Dort, so I'm not going there. You've got that split at center again. Gafford at 4.4, Harrell up to 6.3. You know, with the pricing considered, that really makes it tough because it's such a split. Uh, Josh Giddy's been a, a really great guy to go to. He's 6'5". He's playing points and Shays out, and he's an amazing passer. I, I really enjoy getting uh, to Giddy. I enjoy watching him play, and I think he's very playable here. I think he you can bounce back with him. Dinwiddie and Beal aren't exactly stoppers on defense. Um, you know, if if Caldwell Pope plays him, which is possible, then I'm going to want to fade Giddy. So. That's that's key because I really respect KCP's defense. So I'm going to be looking for some coach speak and some beat writer stuff because that will be the difference for me whether I go with Giddy or not. But as of right now, I do think the, the most likelihood is KCP guards Giddy. So that would would take that you know option out. Uh, you've got a lot of guys playing very unpredictable for the Thunder. I don't think anybody wants to hang their hopes on Wiggins or JRE, Favors, Kenrich Williams, Poku, Ty Jerome, Muscala, Maladon, Roby, on and on. Uh, the only other guy playable B- 
because you know he's going to get big minutes to guard Beal, is 5.2 Dort. And Dort can get there. I mean, he he's had the 30-plus point, pl- point DFS games already this season. We know he's done it last year. If he's hitting his outside shot at all, he can get there. So for me in this game, definitely not a target game. Maybe Dort as a bargain, maybe a mid to lower mid price bargain in somebody like Kuzma, but uh, I'm going to pretty much run and hide from this game. I really am. All right, another 8 o'clock game, Atlanta and Memphis. You have uh, Atlanta on the first night of a back-to-back. It's an island game for Memphis, so they're going to pretty much let it all hang out there. Memphis is only a one-point favorite. It's a 225.5 total. So here's huge key game number two, in my opinion. You've got 112.25 for Atlanta, 113.25 for Memphis. So you have two solid totals for both teams. Atlanta comes in at 10 and 9. Grizzlies come in at 9 and 9. As far as injuries go, probable for Trey Young, he's going to play. Bogdanovich has been listed questionable, but been playing, but he's listed questionable again. So we need to follow that. DeAndre Hunter and Okongwu remain out for Atlanta. Uh, DeAnthony Melton is questionable for Memphis. He missed the last game. Not sure he'll be back this game. More likely on the downside of questionable, but we'll follow it. And then Merrill is out uh, for Memphis. Um, Statistically speaking, we've got um, the Atlanta Hawks, 24th in pace, Memphis 14th. So even though the pace is there, not there very well, the number's still high. And a lot of that is because of the offensive efficiency and the lack of defense. Uh, offensive efficiency, Atlanta third, Memphis 10th. So even though, uh, you know, they may not be flying up and down the floor, they know how to score the ball and get it done. And then this is the key. These are the two, the matchup that has the worst two defensive uh, teams matching up. Atlanta 26th and Memphis dead last at 30 because they have not had Dylan Brooks back, but he should be back for this one, which will help that defense a little bit. But it doesn't scare me enough to scare me off some guys here. I think you've got, you know, some definite potential plays. You know, the two point guards, Trey Young 9-3, John Morant 9-6. I mean, you can make an absolute case for both of these guys. I think they both could, you know, smash the slate and something, you know, we need to consider. Um, Desmond Bain on the one side at 5-5 can get it done. I think Dylan Brooks, you know, we we need to study the information. If he's going to play a lot of minutes, which, I mean, they brought him back so fast the last time he played monster minutes and he did really go 7X. But, they, you know, he was hurting a little bit. They, they I think they played him too much too soon. I'd love to play him at 5'9", but I can't imagine Jenkins, Coach Jenkins is going to play him 34, 35 minutes. I think he'll be... 25 to 28 is all. And I just can't afford to go that route uh, with that amount of minutes on an 11 game main slate. But if I find out that he's not on a minutes restriction or he's going to get in the thirties, then he jumps right into play for me. Um, Other than that, not really interested in anybody on this size slate on the Memphis side. Uh, Other than Trey on the Atlanta side, you can look at uh, Kevin Herter at four, six, He's been getting to his number. 
And then a very fair mid-level price for Collins at 7.3 and Clint Capella at 7.5. Either one, I think, uh, is a solid play here. And I definitely want exposure. So if I don't go, you know, with the big guns of Young and Morant, <clears throat> I may go secondary if we get good news on Brooks and then either Collins or Capella. But definitely going to have some exposure to this game. I think it is one of the better DFS games on the slate. All right, we move to an 8.30 time, the only 8.30 game on the slate Eastern. It is the Boston Celtics and San Antonio Spurs. Boston minus three. It's a 214.5 total. We have Boston 108.75 implied. Spurs 105.75. As far as uh, what they come into this game looking like, Boston's 10 and 9. Spurs a very struggling 4 and 13. Uh, rough to see Pop going out like this with such a bad team. The big news, obviously, we wait for here lately all the time. Jalen Brown, questionable. Is he in or out, which changes things for both teams because Jalen Brown's such a good defender. It uh, it hurts the Spurs if he plays. And then, of course, you know, <clears throat> the high percentage of grabbing Jason Tatum when Brown doesn't play because he usually just the usage is just overflowing with Tatum with Brown off the floor. So that news is necessary to determine that. You know, uh, you can look at a, a couple other things here. The other injuries, by the way, Josh Richardson is uh, doubtful. Uh, Robert Williams II is out, which we know that extends Horford up. McDermott and Vassell are, are questionable for San Antonio. <clears throat> Again, very important news for their rotation. Uh, and then Zach Collins is out. Statistically speaking here, we've got the Boston Celtics 26th in pace, somehow San Antonio 5th. So they're trying to run, and obviously that's not working out too well. So I don't know if they're going to continue to do that, but they have picked up the pace. Neither team has been offensively efficient. They are 17th and 24th respectively. Defense, Boston's up to 7th, so they're in that top 10. San Antonio's improving. They're 17th. We knew Pop's team wasn't going to stay in the low 20s here long. So <clears throat> just not a good feel for this game. I think a slower pace, but in a closer game, <clears throat> there is some potential here. But <clears throat> we need that news. Jalen Brown changes the whole, you know, really landscape of this game. If he's out, if Brown's out, Tatum at 10 flat, you know, definitely needs to be considered. Uh, with Robert Williams out, I think you need to consider Al Horford at 7-6. I have had trouble getting him right uh, this year. He's been inconsistent. But there are times, you know, when, when Williams is out especially, that he can hammer the slate for sure. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, who's been really a good scoring piece for them. He's 6-6. A six, uh, little pricey, but I think has potential. And then on the Spurs side, really, you know, we need to know if those guys are in or out because DeJounte Murray at 9-4 has been a tough, really good, consistent player. He got up into the upper nines, maybe even touched 10K in this last week because he had thrown a triple-double on the board and just had some really good stuff. But I, I'm not going to go there today at that price because he gets Marcus Smart defense. He may get some Jalen Brown defense if he plays. I just don't think I want to spend that that much on uh, DeJounte Murray. 
think your secondary options here, if you want to go on the cheap, you can go Derek White at 5-3, Keldon Johnson at 5-5, five, five, or even Jakob Pertl, who's been back a little bit now, but we need to see if he has any restrictions uh, also. <clears throat> Off the bench, Lonnie Walker possibly uh, if he's in there and playing. So, uh, you know, a couple of guys to look at, a few value guys possibly. Uh, maybe that giant payup of, of Tatum if Brown's sitting, but certainly not a targetable game in my opinion. Um, all right, let's go on to the New Orleans Pelicans and the Utah Jazz. Nine o'clock game, 12 and a half point favorite for Utah. They've been big favorites lately. 217's the total, 102.25 implied for New Orleans, 114.75 for the Utah Jazz. You've got New Orleans coming in at 4 and 16. They've won a game here and there, though, lately. Utah 12 and 6. Injuries. Luzada and Zion. My man Cheeseburgers Williamson is out. Uh, O'Neal is out for Utah or questionable for Utah. And that's important because He's the quarterback of that defense. So if uh, Royce O'Neal is out, it does shuffle the deck a bit for the Jazz. <clears throat> it may br bring a few other guys off their bench into play. So let's look at them statistically, and then we'll talk about that rotation uh, if O'Neal is in or out. We've got the Pelicans and Jazz, by the way, on a first night of a back-to-back. -back. So that's something to consider. The last three games on the slate that we're going to go over after this are all island games, and we've got some good matchups. So, but this one, the Pelicans are uh, and Utah both uh, on the first night of a back-to-back. Twenty-second -back. Um, in pace for the for the Pelicans, which is a lot slower than people thought. Utah nineteenth, so that's not exciting. New Orleans only 26th in offensive efficiency, not getting it done there. Utah second. So we know they're scoring the ball. That's why their record is so good because they're getting it done on that side. Pelicans second to last in the entire league defensively. Utah's remained in that top 10 at eighth. So <clears throat> where do we look here? You've got a ton of low price guys for the Pelicans because they have been a mess. I'm not really interested, but I'll just mention these guys because they're cheap. Devontae Graham is six, Josh Hart, five, six, Herbert Jones, three, three, Nikhil Alexander Walker, five, two, Garrett Temple, a min three, Sadoransky, the min three, Kyra Lewis, the min three. Now, none of those guys are great. They're all getting segments of minutes. So I would say run and hide unless you've got a really good feel for one of these guys getting it done. I know Josh Hart has made value for me multiple times at that mid-five price, so he is tempting. Um, if Royce O'Neal sits, I think Brandon Ingram becomes a good player in this game. I really do. At eight, eight flat, I'm gonna, I really will go with him if Royce is out. That's how good of a defender he is. If Royce is in, no way. He's going to be guarding Brandon Ingram uh, the entire game. So that would change that. Uh, Joe Val's down to 8-9, at least getting, re, you know, respectable pricing. He was in the nines forever. Um, and then Gobert, uh, Rudy Gobert's 8-2. Again, he can he can have big nights. He can have, you know, average nights at his price. His price has been up all year. 
So not a game I'm I'm jumping out of my seat on. You do have Clarkson at 5K off the bench. Joe Ingles at 4K. If Royce O'Neal sits, you're either going to get Rudy Gay at 3-4 or a combination of him and Ingles at 4K. Clarkson will still get his normal run at 5K. And then again, you know, you get Hassan Whiteside at 4-1, taking a chunk of Gobert's time. So a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. You know, a game you'd look at on a 3-4 game slate, but on an 11-game main slate, uh, not diving out of my seat, even though you have cheap prices here. You may get what you pay for is what it comes down to. All right, we have three games left, and they're all interesting games. And none of these teams are on any kind of a back-to-back scenario on either side. So that helps. Milwaukee, this is a 9 o'clock game. Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets. Milwaukee by 3.5. is the total. Implied for Milwaukee, 108.5. For Denver, 105. Small bit of news here. Uh, we've got uh, Hood Probable for Milwaukee. And we have DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Ojalek remain out for the Bucks. But we have the Joker. Uh, not, not a big deal to know if he's playing or not, right? Yeah, he's questionable, and he really is questionable. We really don't know if he's going to play. So this is something that has to be watched because it's going to change the slate. Bones Highland is uh, doubtful, and Murray and Porter remain out. So Denver's really been playing extremely shorthanded this year. It's surprising that that they've won the games that they have. They're 9-9, nine and nine, which isn't a bad job. I mean, you're talking about three-fifths of the starters you know, not having your point guard as your second best player on the team all year so far. So it's it's pretty impressive. Bucks are up to 11 and an eight, by the way. 11 and eight is outstanding considered how slow they started. Statistically speaking, Milwaukee's 10th in pace, Denver 17th. Milwaukee 13th in offensive efficiency, Denver only 21st. And then they're both middle of the road on D. Den- Milwaukee is up to 12, Denver's 15th. So Lots of middle-of-the-road stuff, middle-of-the-road line here at 213.5. So are there deals here? Well, it depends. If Joker, if the Joker's out, Aaron Gordon at 6'6 has been steady for me. Jeff Green is very playable at 4'5. I like him better than Jermichael, but Jermichael's also playable at 3'8. They both made their numbers. Will Barton a little pricey at 7'2. Uh, and Monte Morris has been you know, in and out and inconsistent, but probably going to get more minutes with Bones Highland doubtful. So Monte doesn't have to be off the list at 4'7". You can still consider him. Um, Drew Holiday at 6'8 is fair. Middleton at 7'5 is normally where he's always parked. Then you have the big price of 12'2 Giannis, but he has still leads the NBA in DFS points per minute. He and, and the Joker have been going back and forth um, as far as just hammering the points per minute DFS-wise. So, you know, if you want your huge payup guy, to be honest, at 12-2, you can go for that. Not sure I'm going to go there just because of the game set here with the total and everything else. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's okay to buy up. You got to. But when you buy up to 12-2, it's a lot more fun to buy up to when you're spending 10 or 10-1. It's still, you know, you don't have to 
a dumpster dive on the other side. But if, if enough value opens up as the day goes on, then Giannis has to certainly – he's considered on every side. You can't just say I'm fading Giannis and just be comfortable with it because he can get you 85 on a you know in a heartbeat. So I'm not personally going to go there right now unless I, I get more news. I like Middleton better at that mid-level and Holiday better at the mid-level price. Portis is still priced a little high for me at 7-1. You know, his price went up when Giannis missed a few games. Middleton, Middleton missed a decent amount of games. Uh, not interested in the bench <clears throat> for Milwaukee either. Uh, if the Joker plays with no restrictions, then he's in play. He's 11-5. Um, again, a big price. And if he's going to be limited, then you just can't even consider him. I'm probably not going to go there. Uh you know, if he sits, though, Aaron, like I say, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, uh, all in play, even Jermichael Green a bit. So it opens some things up. All right, two left. Game 10 of the main slate. It's a also happens to be at 10 p.m. Portland Trailblazers, Golden State Warriors. This is uh, the, these last two games are two of the four highest totals and no back to back. So lots of interest here. A lot of people going to be loading up on the 10 and 10.30 game. The 10 o'clock game, Portland-Golden State, like I said, Golden State is 6.5, 224.5 over-under, 109 implied for Portland, 115.5 for the Golden State Warriors, which is the second biggest on the entire slate. These teams come in, uh, Portland at 10 and 9, so they've gotten themselves in the, on the upside of it finally. Golden State continues to just baffle the league, 16-2, and two, uh, which is pretty amazing considering statistically they're dominating everything. Uh, Anthony Simons is questionable, which shortens that guard bench for Portland, gives a little boost to Lillard and McCollum, actually. Iguodala, Thompson, and Wiseman are still out for Golden State, which we have known here for a while. Statistically speaking, Portland 21st in pace, Golden State 9th. We've got the fourth most efficient offense in Portland. So considering, you know, their pace, they're really scoring the basketball. And Golden State, we know, has the dubious honor of being the, the best offensive efficient team and the best defensive efficient team, which you almost never see. So uh, that goes to show you how dominant they've been. And I still find it amazing. I mean, Kerr's that great of a, of a coach, and I think Curry's that great of an epic shooter player. So pretty amazing and very impressive. You know, when you look at these teams, you know, I, not to bash the Lakers, you know, for our Lakers fans out there, but you look at the Lakers that have like seven Hall of Fame guys and all these ex experience and all these tremendous players, and, you know, they're struggling at, uh, you know, trying to be 500. And then you look at Golden State with guys with, you know, Kevon Looney, Otto Porter Jr., Damian Lee, Gary Payton Jr., Juan Toscano Anderson, uh, Nemanja Bialica. I mean, granted, they have Curry and Draymond. <clears throat> and Wiggins is a decent player. Jordan Poole's becoming a decent player. But all those other guys that I mentioned – are the key to them, you know, other than, of course, Curry just shooting better than anybody could ever do on a video game. It's just amazing that they've been able to put together 
uh, this kind of a record with that rotation, in my opinion. I'm just very impressed. Now, <clears throat> will Golden State have some regression? I would assume so. But <clears throat> if they start getting Weissman and then and then uh, the Splash Brother back, when those two guys are back, uh, wow, what are they going to be at that point? So we'll see how it goes here. But extremely impressive, uh, very fun to watch. And uh, uh, like I say, as far as defensive efficiency for Portland, they're 27. So, you know, being that poor defensively, that's why you've got Golden State with the second highest total. So do you use your spend up spot for Curry? You know what? I think I'm going to go there. I truthfully do. He's 11-4, which is a lot, but Dame and CJ are not good defenders. And, the, you know, I think the pace is going to be fine here. You know, that's an island game. I just think Curry is a great pay-up guy. And, you know, I've had him some of the times when he's done well, but there's times, you know, you watch that late game and you don't have him, and it's like pulling teeth watching it because he's – making shots from everywhere on the world and just, you know, getting it done. So <clears throat> he's in high consideration for me here in this game. You know, I wouldn't mind if, you know, I'm not sure. Again, there's three or four key games here. I wouldn't mind coming back with either Dame or McCollum on the other side, but I don't know if I want to commit that much salary to this game, especially when Golden State is the number one defensive team in the league. So, May go to the secondary spot because I do want some exposure. Powell's been okay. Times he's been really good. He's 5-1. So that's a potential spot for me. Uh, Nurk at 6-2 is a good price. You know, I know his minutes are frustrating. Uh, sometimes he only gets mid to low 20s. But when he does get upper 20s or even touch 30, excuse me, at that at 6-2 price, he just – Smash City. So you can think about that as well. Uh, other on the Golden State side, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go up with Gert, Curry if I'm going to be able to spend other otherwise. Now, if I don't, <clears throat> I may, you know, have some exposure to 7-1 pool, 6-7 Draymond. I think I don't think out of consideration for 7-4 Wiggins, but that's a little high. And really, that's about it. I mean, it's not fun to stack Warriors uh, after Curry because they're just not that great at DFS players. They're great real players. They, they know how to play together, but uh, just not as stackable to me. So definitely want exposure there. Definitely very interested and, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to fit all this in because this can be a tough slate, very tough salary-wise uh, on all three sites. I've looked at DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, and there's no – no piece of cake here unless we get news throughout the day. All right, let's finish this sucker up. Game 11 on the main slate. Game 12 of the day, but game 11 on the main slate is the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. It happens to be the top total on the board. Lakers favored by 7.5. 228 is the total. And I was trying to jump on this. The first game, Gentry took over Sacramento. He's been there a couple games. They like to push the pace. Gentry likes to score the ball. I think that's what's showing up here uh, in Vegas. Uh, seven and a half is not bad. Favoritism for the Lakers, 228 is great. Implied 110.25 for Sacramento, 117.75, which is number one for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
The Sacramento Kings, Kings come in at 7-12. and 12. Lakers, as I said, are 10-10. and 10. They're just right at 500, fighting to stay at 500. Uh, some big news that we need here. Three huge players in this game uh, that are going to change the entire rotation and make this more or less playable. For the Kings, Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes are questionable. Big news. <clears throat> LeBron James, questionable. Mr. Reeves, the youngster, Austin Reeves, questionable. And he's in their rotation if he plays, so that affects it. A reason none remain out. So let's take a look at this. Sacramento, eighth in pace, the Lakers third. So there you go. There's your uh, second uh, or first best uh, speed in the two teams. The other one is uh, Phoenix and the Knicks, and then the Sacramento Lakers as far as uh, pace. <clears throat> Offensive efficiency, Sacramento 15th, Lakers 22nd, which is shocking to me. But the defense isn't getting it done. 25th for Sacramento, Lakers 18th. So that's what makes this game so juicy <clears throat> and such a key. Where are we going in this game? Well, we need the news. <clears throat> if Barnes and Holmes play, then, you know, it changes things. If they both sit, for example, all of a sudden, Buddy Hill, great play. You know, you can start looking at, you know, the, the Alex Lenz or Tristan Thompson or Bagley's and GPPs. But, you know, I've I've loved the fact that, that uh, Gentry has handed the keys to Fox. He says, pick up the speed, let's go. But here's my problem. De'Aaron Fox is going to get Avery Bradley defense. Now, that doesn't mean Bradley at this later part of his career can stop Fox, but it doesn't make it a, a free square for me with Fox. I do love the 7-7 price. I very well may pay, play Fox again, but <clears throat> it's not as automatic with Brave, uh, Bradley defending him. Other than that, you know, you can look at if Barnes does play with no limits, it's 6-1. You have nice prices on heel at 5-8. Um, you know, if you want to go homes, if he's playing no limits at 6-2, you know, in play as well. From the Lakers side, it, you know, it depends on if LeBron plays. Let's face it. If LeBron sits, Russell Westbrook at 11K is playable for sure because his numbers just jump through the roof when LeBron sits. LeBron plays, he's 10-5, AD is 10-8. Now, <clears throat> this game being this high, biggest sc uh, score on the board for a total for Vegas, do you need exposure to one of those Lakers? I'm going to go with this school of thought. And it's, it's you know, it's not fail-proof by any stretch. But if Russ, LeBron, and AD are playing and they don't have any restrictions, I just don't want to spend the 11, the 10-5, or the 10-8 for a split usage scenario. So, you know, they could easily blow out the Kings. That's possible. They could split usage and not get to their number. If the, you know, if the game gets to the point, even though it's an Island game where they're not playing full shifts, then you're going to have guys that can step up like a Carmelo Anthony, a THT, you know, those guys become playable. So, I know that I mentioned there's four key games on the slate, this being one of them, but I'm probably going to be holding my breath and, uh, you know, for this late game, because I don't think I'm going to have a massive amount of exposure here because of the prices. Fox, very possibly one of the, the value plays like a THT on that side or a healed on the other side based on the news. I do want exposure, 
but I'm not going to be stacking up this game. And I don't believe I'm going to go to the three big guys unless James sits. <clears throat> then Russ becomes in play. So, you know, you got to pick your spots. It'd be easy for me to sit here and just recommend every great player. But I'm just telling you what's in my brain, what I've seen, what I think is going to happen. And hopefully that helps you bring some stuff down. All right, my friends. I'm The magic time trying to stay under an hour. Looks like we're going to do it again. Uh, we're going to be at about 57 minutes or so. So I'm excited about that. But again, if you haven't checked us out, our Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, go to dfscoachtalk.com. Check those out. Um, and you're going to see some great deals. If you have any questions, just give us a shout. You can give any of us at DFS Coach Talk. You can reach me at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Shoot us a question right here if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, give us that thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a little comment, or that's where you can shoot us a question there. Um, <clears throat> we'd be happy to answer any of those. We'll be premiering this pod. If you want to jump on there, I'll be on there live to answer questions as well. So we'd love to have you join us. Hope this really helped your big Friday slate tonight. I think it's going to be a fantastic slate. There's a great contest, and I think uh, we're going to be very successful. So really appreciate you spending this hour with me or right under an hour, and uh, hope this uh, helps you take stuff down. Uh, appreciate also our team at Coach Talk and all the background work that they're doing getting this all set up and going. So have a fantastic Friday. If you're still visiting family and friends, enjoy that. Enjoy that with some basketball. Uh, if you're traveling and you're listening to this uh, while you're flying or, or driving, be safe, watch the roads. And uh, I know it's uh, pretty traffic busy out there. So uh, appreciate you. Thanks for being part of the Coach Talk family. And we'll definitely catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.